So there's no intro music or video games tonight. Uh, I just started the episode because I forgot the Elgato. So we're not having any sort of gaming in the background for the third episode in a row. But alas, next week I will try and remember it. And uh, I think we're on. Are we on? I hope we're on. Yes, we well, are. Okay, if they want to see on. gameplay, they can watch you and your Doom on Twitch. Yeah. And, uh, that. There yeah. You know. yeah, I've been playing Doom lately and a bunch of other video games. So uh, welcome everybody to our 50th. 50th episode of uh, Sports Goose with uh, my good buddies Andrew and Charles. And I'm back in Florida. I am back in the great sunshine state of Florida, home to Florida man. And uh, California, you're, you're all right. You're all right. I already expounded the, the virtues of your metro system in LA. <laughs> Anyways, topics tonight. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Because it was actually a good one. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this Super Bowl. And our, we were the host of the Super Bowl mm-hmm. down here in, in Miami. So uh, we, I, I, I didn't get a chance to look at any Super Bowl festivities. Neither did I. I uh, didn't have a chance to, unfortunately. Uh, I got back here. Um, but it happened here. And so we could see the stuff that was happening and all that jazz. We'll also talk about um, the, the the insanity surrounding the Super Bowl itself, from the the ads, the halftime show, uh, the aftermath, and we'll also talk about well, we'll see if we get to uh, some some baseball talk. I, I doubt it, but spring training starts this this month, so uh, here we go, here we go for that NBA talk. As we're moving on from the, the Kobe Bryant um, uh, tragedy, uh, as games are still happening and, and things are happening as well, and we'll talk about how much of a fraud the 76ers are. Frauds. And the NHL, we oh, we have to get into the Battle of Alberta mm. because it is it has finally reignited after like years dormant it's like those what is that bug that bug that kind of like lays dormant for like 20 years and then pops out and there's like a swarm of them uh maybe cicadas i don't know what cicadas is. yeah basically that's basically what just happened that is basically what just happened <laughs> well we do have brand new neighbors here and i think it's like a music studio or something like that next door and they are working late tonight. So we might have some interference with that. And we don't have any sound panels. Because if we did, that wouldn't be a problem. But whatevs. It, it shouldn't be that bad. Uh, at least it's working. And um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll just dive into it. Guys, Super Bowl. What was the first thing that stood out to any of you guys? Do you want to start? I'll start, I guess. Um... It was an okay Super Bowl at first. Uh, you know, it was you know it was good to see how the Chiefs kind of came out and stopped the 49ers initially, and then you know you kind of saw okay the 49ers here they go, they're stopping the Chiefs, they're starting to score, and it was just kind of I know. You never, never say never, but when you're third and 15, 
with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, down 10 on, I don't know where they were. They were way inside their own territory, the Chiefs were. You kind of got the sense that maybe this was not their day. But then something happened. I read this article that something clicked when Mahomes uh, got this like first down a couple of plays earlier. Uh, so on third and 15, they go ahead and call this insane play um, that they had been setting up the entire game. There was a whole article just on that play. And it worked to perfection. It was a 44-yard pass to, I think it was Watkins? Tyreek Hill. I think Sammy Watkins was the one that got it. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Um, So Hill got it, and it was just kind of off to the races from there. And really from that point on, it became a very exciting game because it was – Mahomes went into overdrive. He he was St. Patrick as as Mr. Charles here called him. Uh and it just became a heck of a lot of fun to watch from there. It was probably for that last bit for that last uh 7 or so last half of the last quarter was probably one of my favorite Super Bowls, but taken as a whole this is okay, but that last bit made up for all of the blehness. There was nothing really overly exciting about the rest of the game, if that makes any sense. I and I, um, I think we unfortunately I can't hear Charles right now, but uh, maybe you can pop in, pop back out again, or pop out, pop back in again. Uh, but I, I think. Look, I, I mean, I've seen the game from the beginning until I had to leave to get out of the wave of Super Bowl traffic. Uh, I think uh, trying to get back home. I think it was a, a fantastic game for the most part. I, I I especially enjoyed the 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 other narrative, and I hear Charles back now um, of the I'm fact concerned. of the fact that once again the Chiefs come back from being down. And the San Francisco 49ers and poor Kyle Shanahan. I mean, if you guys don't know, what was he? Was he the defensive coordinator? Offensive the coordinator. Offensive coordinator. Well, then, he was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons in the infamous 28-3 Super Bowl lead that the Falcons had over the New England Patriots and then subsequently squandered and choked away their game. And here he is again. With a uh, a, tw- a ten point lead over the over the Chiefs at the beginning of the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl, and I don't know if you guys remember that uh, that interception that the Forty ers had the second one uh, towards uh, I think the end of the third quarter. Uh, the one where Tyree Kill missed it. Yeah, and so and then the Forty ers entire defensive unit went out into the end zone and took a group photo. Now, you know, why would you try and tempt the football gods in the biggest of all games? Like, 
Like, they're celebrating, and then there's what they did, which is basically they brought on their entire defensive unit that was there and some other guys that were on the sidelines that came all the way to the end zone and took a group photo together. Like, it's basically, it's like, it's like, it's as if they caught a great white shark and they didn't realize that the shark was still alive and the shark got loose from its hook and just destroyed the boat and is about to eat you up. That was basically what happened to the San Francisco 49ers from that moment on. And you know, you know the Chiefs saw that. You know Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the offensive unit saw that and was like, when we get the ball back, we're going to do exactly what we did to the Titans before this and what we did to the Houston Texans before this, to that team over there. I don't care how good their de- their defense is, we're about to show them why we why our offense is a, basically a powder keg. And they did. They absolutely did. So, look, I I would have loved to I would have liked to see the 49ers with the 6-1 just so the Patriots fans can't be like, "Well, we have the most in NFL history." Well, the 49ers tempted the football gods and their sacrifice was just their sacrifice was just in losing that game and that that's my perspective of the game i uh, i like it when teams that tempt the gods of their sports and then get their their comeuppance afterwards so yes the 49ers deserved what they got at the end of that game so that's my initial thoughts of the game itself. All right, Charles, go ahead. So Francisco, I'll start with this by posing a question and I'm going to pose it to you because I already know the answer from Andrew. <laughs> Did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? No, I was what? not a Dragon Ball Z fan. I'm not that much of a weeb. I am not that much <sighs> of a weeb. <laughs> so this analogy that I was going to go to, well, I'm going to use it anyway. I, I know some of the main characters. Good. I know some of the main characters. I know Freeze well, is the big baddie and stuff okay. like that. And that's fine. But I, I'm going to get to the point of it the best I can. Um, and for anybody who listens, I hope they get excited. Andy Reid is Goku, right, for now. Patrick Mahomes, the saint, St. Patty, is Gohan. Gohan, you knew there was some potential. You knew it was there. You knew it just needed to be unlocked. You knew he was a bad mamma jamma, but there was other guys that were coming into it. Throughout the entire series, it's Goku. Goku's doing everything. He's beating certain guys, but then he loses a lot in Dragon Ball Z, and then they get into a certain villain named Cell. Well, to kind of spoiler it out, Gohan untaps his unleashed potential, hits this new Super Saiyan level called Super Saiyan 2, where he becomes a god, basically, unlike Dragon Ball Super, which tries to tell you what a god is. But... At the very end, the beam struggle when they're shooting energy. Gohan's one-armed because, you know, he took damage to save Vegeta. We'll talk about who Vegeta is later on in life. Uh, not right now. And then Goku, having maybe died, I won't say it, you know, because spoilers-wise, but he's talking to Gohan telepathically, encouraging Gohan to do it. I can't do it. You're better than me. You can do it. It's really like any reason, hey, you're better than any quarterback I ever had. You're, you're a saint. Mm. You're the best. You're better than McNabb. You're better than Vic. You're better than Kevin Cobb. You're better than me. And then there's like Patrick Mahomes down by 10 points, shooting all his energy out there. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to beat this bad guy. And over there, there's Kyle Shanahan struggling SL and everybody who in body sells with the 49ers. But I'm perfect. I won. And then they lose. 
that's what it felt like. It felt like a great anime battle. It was not the greatest Super Bowl I've ever winning. Right. I think that I it's down to the Steelers and Cardinals a la, what was it, 2008, 2009, or the Patriots and, surprisingly, the Falcons, because as much as we hate to say it, I kind of love seeing New England come back and beat the Falcons because you never expect anybody to come back from 25 points. But my initial impression is that I remember the late Denning Green for the Cardinals going and says, they are who we thought they were. And his post-game speech against the Chicago Bears that year when they were dominant, I think they went to the Super Bowl that year, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I felt like how Kyle Shanahan did it there. And that's what I just thought about it. And that final six-minute meltdown of a team is Kyle Shanahan just sitting there thinking they are who we thought they were. And if you listen and to his post- that's why they took the damn field. And that's why they took the damn field. That's why you listen to like their post-match conferences that – you know, sell soon there's like, I got him, but then go on and get beat him. And that's the mindset of Shannon has. Like, oh, God, they got Patrick Mahomes. Let's not run on second and five. Let's not run on third and five. Let's give him six minutes instead of possibly three minutes and 30 seconds if you do the math. You're up by 10. You need to play defense. And I think what I take away from this initial um, game is this. Great for the Chiefs. Great for Andy Reid. I thought he was a Hall of Famer even without the Super Bowl appearance because if I'm looking at the – total totality of your resume your resume is i took two different teams into the super bowl i made great quarterbacks out of people when i made certain running backs and stars so for me andy reed was there i take away initially as this is this is the uh the game of who are we gonna use as a scapegoat are we gonna use kyle shanahan or are we gonna use jimmy g and we'll never know because it depends on who you like more yeah. And you know what you know what was weird? It was uncomfortable because if you remember the game, there was John Lynch um, kind of micromanaging a little bit in the press box because before the end of the first half, you saw him mouthing as if he was screaming to Shanahan, call a timeout, call a timeout. They never used any of the timeouts to end the first half. And that, you know, you have those timeouts. You just want to put your foot on the throat and be cutthroat and be ruthless because you want to win. And it's a mismanagement of those timeouts because you have the Kittle uh, pass interference. But if you use those timeouts, you have more time to draw plays. But then you look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid played like a man without a country, meaning he's not bound by any law because who goes for it on fourth down two times in the first quarter? Andy Reid did. Because he had that sweet little red walrus, Kool-Aid man in a grand elderly state, wanted it more. And he played better. And then you got Kyle Shanahan. Who played conservative. Who yeah, he did play conservative. conservative. I, don't even, I think, uh, and no, I, I think 28, 28 well, I, possibly dumb, and I think conservative. Uh, and that 28 to 3, that, you know that's still in the back of his mind. You know it is. You know that's still in the back of his mind. And that affected him. Because that was part that was part of the narrative leading up to it, in the media too, like oh he was there for that debacle. Will he avoid the mistakes of uh, who was the Falcons coach at the time? Um, Dan Quinn. Yeah, there we go. Uh, will he will he uh, avoid the same mistakes? And kind of sorta. It's not to that extreme level though, because the Chiefs. I mean, after. After uh, the generous gift that the Miami Dolphins gave them in beating the Patriots that final week, that by and getting them that bye week uh, in the playoffs, it seemed like they were destined. And also uh, the other gift, once again, uh, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans defeating the Patriots and getting them out of the way 
Once You're it welcome, America. once that happened, the Chiefs basically set their sights like, oh, our biggest obstacle is God. Now, like, let's they they went they they basically went for it, even though they had some hiccups along the way, especially against the Texans. But man, oh man, they uh, they 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 snap back into it and realize what their the, the grand goal is. Like, this is our chance. We can't mess this up. Um, and basically, yeah, basically like um, like Eminem and Eight Mile, <laughs> the same thing. You want to get one shots. Don't mess your chance to blow it, you know? Uh, now, let me add something here. Uh, you had mentioned that it was destiny for the Chiefs to win. Let me tack on to that a little bit. So this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, was the grand ultimate palindrome day of our lifetime. It was the first time in 900-some years that a date was the same forward and backward in all three types of date formats, mm -hmm. which is month, date, year, date, month, year, and then year, month, date, which is the ISO uh, format. So you've got 0202-2020, you've got 0202-2020, and you have 2020-0202. However you want to put it in any part of the world that's how it's going to be right but wait there's more it was also the 33rd day of the year there were 333 days remaining in the year because it's a leap year so there are 366 oh days in the year it was the 33rd day so th I, I feel like the mark of the beast is going to come up soon but wait there's more <laughs> but wait here there's more and here is why here is why the Kansas City Chiefs were destined to win this thing. It was in the stars. Guess what? Super Bowl 54, what number victory that was for Andy Reid? 2-2-2. Two, two, two. That was his 222nd win on 2-2-20, two, two, all twos, any way you put it. It is the second Super Bowl appearance, too. If you it is their second events. Super Bowl appearance, his second Super Bowl appearance. It is the ultimate palindrome day. It won't happen again for another, I think, 100-some years. When Bill Belichick will have his 666th win and uh, the, the, the depths of hell will consume the earth. Exactly. <laughs> And the he'll still of Bill Walsh comes in and <laughs> when, uh, when cyber when cyber Bill Belichick exactly uh, it'll be like Futurama where they ha he has like the little floating head the robot <laughs> the robot devil will come for us <laughs> so ultimate palindrome day not just the date but the number of days into the year the number of days remaining in the year. The number of Super Bowls that the Chiefs had been to, the number of Super Bowls that Andy Reid had been to, it was his 222nd win. Not only is that a palindrome, that is the same 222 of the palindrome day. This was destined to happen. As you said, it was in the book of Revelations, Charles. This was destined to happen. This was... I don't believe in coincidences or I, 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 
believe in coincidences. I feel like there's some sort of answer to anything. But even I can't explain that. That is just absolute ridiculousness how much... Uh, <laughs> hey, BU, how are you doing? Tom Brady will still somehow be quarterback, also as a floating head. Yeah, he was about to announce his retirement, and we just found out it was a Hulu commercial. Mm-hmm. Ugh. As um, oh, as Pat McAfee said, um, <clears throat> what, I've been listening to a lot of him recently since I started my new job. Uh, listening to stuff help me con- helps me concentrate. Um, he had mentioned that what Brady has been doing has been absolute masterclass in how to drum up attention, how to drum up whatever you want to call it. So going back to my main point, though, this was destined to happen, and we were witness to an basically impossible occurrence. Indeed. Oh, gosh. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, uh, for, I guess for my team, the former, former Dolphins that were on the Kansas City Chiefs include former quarterback, former starting quarterback, Chad Henney. Former backup quarterback Matt Moore, and uh, former uh, was it? Um, well, a guy who could have arguably been the MVP, Damian Williams. So once again, the Dolphins weep once more, and, and Adam Gase is a horrendous, horrendous head coach who should not have a job in the NFL, as uh, as we all know, and as the Jets uh, fans have have come to realize. But the Jets are gonna Jets their way through all of life anyways so that's that's a little thing from me anything more that stands out from you guys from the game itself yes and this is my thought process Mm -hmm. on this a good officiated game i mean there was a debatable uh like one offsides and also the last the offensive pass interference the offensive pass interference and which i can kind of get but also, aside from I thought that, it was the, a good uh, call. I thought it yeah. was a good call. I mean, you look back at the replay, there was a push off. I I mean, real time, you can say, nah, maybe you could say it's borderline, but there was nothing that you could point to. There's nothing that Saints fans could point to and be like, well, we have to re- change the rules now. You know, <laughs> there was nothing like Although that. In, in fairness, but though, that's that an was excuse all the time. Although, in fairness, though, that play last year was an absolute egregious. I know, but Saints fans have now benefited from it and have also uh, not benefited from the rule change at the same Like, Okay, anyways, anyway, that's anyway. a whole other thing, yes. Um, and then the expired play clock at the 4th and 10 by Jimmy G. Besides from that, it was you know surprisingly well officiated game. And here's the thing. We are, I don't think anybody really knows what a catch is. I don't think anybody knows what encroachment is. I don't even think anybody knows what really like pass interference is, right? But when it comes to criticizing officials, we're all experts at it. Mm-hmm. So it's rare, especially in a big time game, there's something more big time than the Super Bowl, I would venture in any kind of professional sports outside of maybe an Olympic game or even the FIFA World Cup, but we all don't like soccer that much. But um, to have this kind of fishing be surprisingly agreeable, positive reception, is a nice benefit considering the fact that there's a certain team in Louisiana that always complains about officiating playoffs and there's a lot of times we're like yeah I see it 
But um, that that was like on the field because the rest of the game, I think Andrew talked about it, was a little ho hum. Like it was three of the four quarters was good to great. The third quarter was kind of a drag because you felt like the cat was in the bag. But um, it was still better than last year's horrific game where you had one vastly overrated third-year quarterback or second-year quarterback in Jared Goff, and then one very already going down the hill, Tom Brady, but we're going to worship him because he's the Hulu guy now. I always thought he would be a Netflix guy, you guys. I don't know why. Because <laughs> he has, all, know, the, he he has all the services, but you know. Yeah. Now, let me... yeah, but you know, he just did it for the uh, the Disney Plus subscription. That's why. that's true. Uh, non-sponsor is the Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus bundle a bundle starting at twelve ninety nine. Hey, it's a good deal. I don't. It's a it, fantastic deal because I think uh, I think Disney Plus by itself is twelve ninety nine. Well, I don't. I'm I'm trying to avoid sucking too much on the Disney teats because I think a lot of people are worshiping Disney a little too much, and I, I I fear for the future when our Disney overlords take over and the future of entertainment. But um, there was some stupid article where somebody said that Disney would buy the Pokemon franchise. Like that's not happening. Nintendo's not letting go of the most profitable intellectual property in the entire world right now. But once again. Speaking Sorry, that's of, a whole t- tangent. Sorry. Speaking of Disney overlords, fun fact: uh, back in the '60s, when Walt Disney was doing his Florida project to bring Walt Disney World to Lake Buena Vista, Lake Buena Vista, uh, five minutes from my old hometown of Celebration, um, in order to entice them in. The Florida legislature basically gave them carte blanche on whatever the hell they wanted to do. Um, one of which, believe it or not, and it is still in place to this day. Charles, that that game was uh, Disney Infinity, by the way. <laughs> and that, well, no, that well, that failed. So yeah, badly. Um. Right. So Disney is run by something called Reedy Creek. Um, it's basically oh the their 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 local government yeah right mm-hmm. uh, Disney basically has its own local government um, and it can do whatever the hell it wants in that area it has its own fire department it's blah 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 I could go on forever but Disney thanks to the Florida legislature if they wanted to could build their own nuclear reactor and they'd be totally fine. Wow. <laughs> so again, Disney freaking overlords here, my friends. Yeah. There's a there's a wonderful YouTube channel. I forgot the name of it, but if you look for it, he actually explains a lot of the history of the Disney parks and their and their underlying infrastructure and government stuff like that. Okay. Um okay, stuff outside of the Super Bowl game itself. Halftime show. Yay or nay? I say yay. I say yay. Whatever, whatever you meant to, you guys, it was a trip back to 2002, and I'm always a fan of nostalgia, so I say yay. As I'm singing Shakira in the background, everybody's wondering what the hell's wrong with me. Now, let me say this, though. You know, I, I was texting to you, uh, texting with you guys in our group chat while the Super Bowl was going on, and as, I'm, as I have a propensity to do... I kind of had a change of heart because I thought the I thought it was a bit risque, which 
okay, it's Miami. Um, but then it got me thinking. That's just a normal afternoon on Univision. So I don't know. What you're <laughs> <about>. <laughs> um, but such prudes in this country, dear lord, Puritans. <laughs> but um, you know, it got me thinking. You know, last year's Super Bowl with Adam Levine. You know, he had his shirt off for like half the show. Yeah, and everybody made fun of his stupid California tattoo. That was a ridiculous tattoo, but I'm I'm not gonna go there. Um, but I think we can all agree that that was a ridiculous tattoo. But I digress. Sorry, uh, sorry, Adam. Uh, used to love your music. Uh, feel free to come on the show anytime. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll even call it the the Sports Goof sponsored by Maroon Five. I didn't watch, but I didn't have to know that the PT. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, well, their music used to not be bland and generic. Their first album, Songs of Jane, masterpiece. I loved it. Um, maybe that's some of the nostalgia talking because my sisters listen to it all the time. And that was basically the soundtrack of some of my formative years, but I digress. Um, you know, people have made a good point that there's sort of a double standard between people who are like, oh my God, Adam Levine, shirtless, ah! um, you know, the whole Janet Jackson thing, um, which I guess is not a, a good comparison because there was a ton of outrage on that one. But kind of the double standard between, you know, Adam Levine being very raunchy, you know, literally without his shirt, plus it was an accident. <laughs> Wardrobe malfunction. Um, but people are somehow offended by this, which double standards are, are as American as apple pie and... Uh, extra large super sized meals so uh, I'm not going to go any further because now we're going to start diving into politics and that is not the point of this show uh, yeah but anyway yay on the yeah. halftime show yay for me uh, Bad Bunny and I forgot who else that the, the other dude that was there they kind of like I don't know uh, they, they were not necessary well, no, they were completely not necessary. In fact, they were completely expendable. Yes. And really, I mean, some people were like, oh, they were there. I fully expected Pitbull to be there. I was very surprised that that did not happen. Right. Because he's usually everywhere. Mr. Um, 305. So, yeah. He, <laughs> I, Mr. I ex- Worldwide. I expected that. There was a bit of a, there was a jaw rule, a uh, little sound bite in there as well. And I was like, wait, did jaw rule come out? Did they let him through security? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, they. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, but, yeah, DJ Khaled, surprised that that didn't happen. Uh, you know, or, or any sort of Miami history, I know they're gonna, they're not going to have Uncle Luke or anything like that on there. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. But, but, um, but, yeah, they killed it. I thought they killed it. They had all of the, the makings of a great show. They could sing. Uh, Shakira went deep down into her heritage with her her singing as well. I mean, she's part Lebanese. If you guys do not know, she's Lebanese and Colombian. 
So uh, there are some. Uh, I, I'm pretty darn sure there are very. Uh, gosh, I don't know if you people that don't get out much and meet other human beings of other ethnicities that were very surprised and or <laughs> um, d- disturbed by what she did. But you know what? She, if you go back in the history, there are articles about it as to why it was very important for people. Uh, like that was she put on a great show. But JLo, dear Lord, she is 50 years old, by the way. <laughs> she is 50 years old and she she still got it. Dear Lord. Um, she was on top of a giant syringe to, to, to <laughs> she came out of a giant syringe to, to support her husband, Alex Rodriguez, who was in the crowd watching her. Uh, she had her daughter there as well as one of the, the children that were singing as well. And, and there was a part, there was just a segment of that show where they are just straight up dancing. Like there's no vocals. It's just straight up music and dancing. And I'm pretty damn sure Adam Levine could not do that. No. <laughs> he would be completely winded. I mean, he was winded last year when he did it. Yeah. <laughs> he was sweating all over the place. I mean, Ish, there were... And gosh, that was the most rain California ever got. Um, but, yeah, they they had... It was the total package. They could sing. It was visually impressive. Uh, the fireworks, uh, the dancers, everything like that. And they could dance. And afterwards... You, there are some tweets of uh, what like they were high fiving each other, like oh, "Holy crap, we actually put on this freaking show!" It was amazing. So, uh, freaking A plus on this one. I mean, I will say this. Um, I, I and I'm not just saying that because I'm Hispanic. <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm I'm not okay. Uh, unless you guys love California tattoos. No. Okay. There we go. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I at least in my lifetime of of viewing or remembering halftime shows, I won't say that this was the best that I've ever seen, because that is reserved for the king, Prince. That was like that was. If there was such thing as a per, as that perfection, that was also in Miami. That too. was also in Miami. If there was such thing as perfection in a Super Bowl halftime show, that would be it. Case in point. Case in point. Apparently, there was a quote uh, that it was going to start raining during the halftime show, um, and apparently, if I remember correctly, it had been raining off and on that whole day. Um, and someone told him, you know, do you want to not do this or something, whatever? And he said, make it rain harder. I- I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Um, you're putting it on. Oh, no. What? I was looking at the anyway. <laughs> but uh, by, to- by the way, our YouTube feed just got shut down because we showed a clip of the freaking halftime show right now. Not, not, even without the sound I mean come on YouTube Come on don't, NFL Don't they know who we are Come on Pepsi Wow it got shut Yeah See, well, Whatever we're still on on the other 13 platforms <laughs> that we're on So whatever Screw you Screw yeah. you YouTube Yeah a lot of people are saying that about YouTube mm-hmm. lately So yeah Anyway um, I mean There was literal purple rain In his finale Which was purple rain 
I mean, it wasn't literally purple, but it was purple spotlights with rain. Like, like I said, if there was such thing as perfection for a halftime show, that was it. That being said, this was very good. It was one of my favorites, probably. It was, it was definitely up there, but nothing is ever going to, uh, that's where, that's, that's where I saw it be you. I was, uh, feeling nostalgic, I guess. I was looking at, uh, print stories and they posted, they had posted that a few years ago. Um, the NFL did. So yeah, that's where I saw it. It was like, damn, that's, that's something. Uh, speaking of, you know, divine intervention or coincidences, what have you, um, related to the Super Bowl, that's another one. But anyway, um, I don't know, Charles, I've been hogging up a lot of time in this episode for some reason. What say you? Well, since YouTube took us down, I'm going to say what I got to say. People got some problem with a little adobo in their life. And let me tell you something, guys. When I lived on my own in Miami and I didn't know how to cook, but put some hair on my chest. What was my rite of passage as, I guess as Francisco can agree with me, as a Hispanic was get a little adobo on my chicken or my steak because we're just trying to add a little flavor because flavor is good because who wants just bland shows, the most bland generic thing you have? Who wants the equivalent of an Adam Levine for dinner? I don't. I think some of the women would, but don't worry. I'm going to petition to get Genuine to be next year's halftime show so we have balance. If you got a problem with risque, you forget that it is the NFL Super Bowl halftime entertainment show special. It's you, you could just change the channel. You don't like it? Change the channel. But I'm okay with adding a little adobo, a little spice in my life, even though I'm not a big proponent of J-Lo. I'm not. And Shakira, eh. But you know what, though? They did well. They worked hard. Did they come with a political message? I don't know. You tell me. All I know is they were just two women in a, you know, in a, in a little sporting event that played all their hits even music that I knew of, and I'm not like a big proponent of like jail. The only thing that I kind of missed that Shakira had was a la, la Tortura. Yeah, you see, I rolled my R's. There you go. Spanish class 101, baby. I did it. I did it. Miami, I'm back for you. 305 to my <laughs> um, That being said, you know, I, I got a little adobo in me right now. Um, <laughs> you, you know, aside from that, they hit all their things. They had Jenny from the blog, and everybody banged to that, man. Waiting for tonight, I banged to that too. Like, I don't care. Like, what is it that you hate? Is it the fact that you you don't like the women? Do you feel the fact that because there was, I'll say it, Latin people? There? I don't know. I won't talk about that. Do you hate the fact that this is not your type of music to go to because you don't really hear Shakira and J-Lo a lot and 95.5 or all that other stuff, and but you're used to hearing every repetitive cookie cutter hallmark adam levine song or even you know lady gaga who i thought did a damn good job not you know, enough brad paisley and peyton manning yeah. yeah you know uh you know whatever that uh the crying cowboy stuff about things they would actually never do because chances are they're they don't probably mourn for the woman they lost they just go and find a new one i don't know who am i to do that but um in a sense of entertainment one is thoroughly entertained there's a lot of stuff going on during the halftime show you already kind of knew what you were getting at when it was announced that it was Shakira and J-Lo months and months ago. You could have already had that determination to be like, well, I don't want to watch that. And you could just change that, put on CMT and watch, you know, I'm not typing a class here. I'm just saying what I, from what I've heard from complaints in the thing called social media, the most toxic environment known to mankind, Twitter, Facebook, follow us on Twitter, by the way, Charles the True, Damn Frijoles, F-J-O-J-R, did I finally say it? 
and sports you groups. Got it. But you see, I, I rolled my R's, I went Hispanic, and then uh, we, we played Credence to Prince, and <laughs> I got the Twitter names right. But it's for entertainment purposes, it was fine. And I will venture this. Sometimes a good halftime show puts the extra muster on, or the extra mustard on a good Super Bowl. And I think it helped out. It kept the momentum because I will say this, my one problem with the halftime show was it felt a little bit long, gentlemen. And, you know, when you have that kind of fatigue comes in, if I just have Adam Levine's nipples kind of like <laughs> poking me in the eye like an episode of Rick and Morty, oh my God. I'm not going to want to continue. And look what happened. Look, I'm just saying, like, you know, causation, that whole theory that they have, uh, correlation equals causation, Adam Levine's nipples led to probably the most boring Super Bowl since the Broncos and Seattle when Seattle won like 40 to 7. I, I'm just, and I don't even remember it was the halftime that year. I might do that on my own research, but I'm just saying. But yet, you know, Shakira and JLo with the HH syringe and then singing She Wolf in the background. <laughs> I think She Wolf, let's be honest here, I think it was the power of She Wolf that allowed uh, Patrick Mahomes to let it out so she can mm. breathe and then win. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is Kyle Shanahan was so used to Brad Paisley or, you know, let, let's call it Cameo Candy. Great song. You should listen to it. If I had to sponsor a song, I'd sponsor it right now. But maybe that's the kind of your genre that you like. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan is listening to the ca you know, Cameo in his cod piece. And he's like, oh, no, this isn't my kind of music. And then just, out. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But at the end of the day, off of my tangent, I liked it. Okay. All right. Okay, so... I didn't really watch much of the ads I, because I was with my nephew and, and my niece and we playing around. So. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go to this, okay? Okay, so but I'm sure you guys. Oh, first off, what the hell? Okay, first off, I want to go with the mark. Actually, hold on. This this is a great segment, uh, segue into uh, uh, Gottlieb's goons because <laughs> uh, my goon are the whatever marketing department of all of these companies or these ad agencies because you listen guys like i get it it's it's 2020 we're in a modern era I, I get it all right you guys are you guys are just trying way too hard to be memes you guys are trying way too hard to create a meme just way too freaking hard okay you got like, these are the same people that decided that the emoji movie was a good idea that are putting out these ads we have baby nut we have baby nut Ooh. as a thing because baby Ooh. yoda was a little thing a few months ago with the mandalorian so they decided hey let's make a baby version of mr peanut uh, well, let me let me counter with that one. Okay. Because Mandalorian only came out in what December? Yes. Yeah. I highly doubt that a company could come around. No, no, when did the Mandalorian come out? It did not oh, come out in December. Really. Yeah, there, there's oh, no way they there was quick enough a turnaround to it produce. Was a for yeah. Plus. Mm -hmm. But not just to produce it. But also to buy the space, so planners. No, planners probably had the space already. Maybe they just didn't have the commercial yet. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I know your your counterpoint. I'm making the other counterpoint. Uh, planners got the money and the speed in which to create the space. So I'm saying that like you can get ad space pretty quickly in this day and age. Uh, even here locally, you can get ad space pretty quickly. If you pay enough, so <laughs> I'm just saying, 
you guys are trying way too hard. Uh, memes, you can't force a meme. If you guys, if you look at um, uh, the fantastic YouTube channel, Internet Historian, his second channel, Incognito Mode, <laughs> which is also hilarious, by the way. He has a, a, a um, he has a, a series of videos. Actually, he has one video. It's called "Can You Force a Meme," in which he and uh, an, another YouTube buddy of his try to create a meme and see if they can get it trending. And they kind of, sort of do it, but it only lasts. It fizzles out after like after a night. So it, it doesn't even go enough to become viral worldwide. So it's it's really hard to do that. It, really, the the best memes are the ones that come out organically. It really is. And these they're just trying way too hard to do it. Hashtag baby nut. Hashtag I don't know. They try to they try to create their own hashtags beforehand to try and capitalize on stuff. And it's just like you guys are pandering too much to be to us to to us uh, Zoomers, millennials, whatever you want to call us. Um. Yeah, it's it's way too hard. You guys are goons. You guys are my goons. I for know this week people were hammering on the baby nut hashtag uh, among the criticism or among the responses was phrasing from Archer um, because it could be a little bit. Uh, it could be taken in a in a double entendre <laughs> uh, sort of way. Um. Now, let me say this, though. Uh, I found it interesting how many crossover ads there were this year. Um, you know, there was a whole Procter & Gamble commercial with uh, Isaiah Mustafa, a.k.a. the Old Spice guy. Uh, I think Mr. Clean was in there. It was like any and everything. Any, anything and everything Procter & Gamble was in one commercial. Tied. Tied with with Charlie Day, he was in like in forty commercials, and then also you've got. Um, would you wear baby nut merch? Nah, not really. Um, or speaking of speaking of baby nut, um, Mister Clean and um, the Kool Aid guy, Kool Aid Man, were in the Planters commercial. So you had a lot of these, cro- or there was like, um, there was Bud Light. That was a callback to, to Food Fight. <laughs> if you guys know the, the infamous story of that movie. I do not. Oh, go on YouTube and type Food Fight. Okay. Um, Charlie Sheen is the star of the movie. That's all you need to know. I'm, I'm going to do that. Um, there was another one. It was Bud Light and whatever. It was, there were a lot of cross-promotional ads. Which I thought was interesting. Um, now let me let me say this though. Speaking of all of this, I can get I I can pinpoint when all of this began. When ad companies started to become, you know, shooting for the memes, and it was with the the debut ad of uh, the Old Spice guy. You know, um, I'm on a horse. That just blew everyone's socks off. And that was at least, it was close to, if not 10 years ago, that that ad debuted. 
um, which it was just so out of left field, so unanticipated. It spawned a whole series of ads, which are still considered, which are still popular and beloved to this day. Uh, it was ten years ago. Damn, I'm old. Um, so, I mean, I think see if they tried to seize on the success of that these new companies and started to try and go more and more ridiculous, which was at first okay. But now it's starting to just devolve into a complete mess, which is what you're seeing today now. Um, but I, I still love the Old Spice commercials. Those were great. And I'm glad to see that Isaiah Mustafa is back. Um, it was a long time in coming. Senor Charles. Um, so we're all on the agreement that baby nut is like slang for ejaculation right i just got put out there all right we're back in um <laughs> just say it's a sheltered world people didn't know about adobo spice i have to put it out there oh uh, yeah um, yeah <laughs> it, uh, it it was you know when i look at super bowl tv ads it's always the doritos one that i look forward to and i will say this little nas x i think is his name old town road was like my favorite song in 2019 <laughs> Because it's just so, it's a banger, and it's catchy, and it's generic, but it's not bland. So what it is is like A1 steak sauce. You can <laughs> choose a user or not, um, especially since I'm playing like Red Dead Redemption 2. Like I'm like 63% of the way in. So of course I'm on that cowboy mode. I just want to be a cowboy, even though I don't want to be a field hand. And then I love me some Sam Elliott, and his dancing mustache was a nice appeal to it. The movie trailers, I don't even understand why movie trailers need to be in the big game when they're on YouTube and all you get is like the small little snippets and then you can just watch the whole thing like Black Widow and Fast and Furious 9 which now has, you know, John Cena. I can't believe we see him because they say you can't see him but I guess he came back to the role. Um, wrestling inside joke, haha, I laugh at myself. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of wanted to punch Charlie Day because he was like in everything. And I would I felt kind of sad that Danny DeVito didn't come in just to kind of give us the whole it's always something in Philadelphia around. But I agree with the both of you. Aside from the baby nut was ridiculous just because as someone who did watch Mr. Planter's Peanut die by saving Wesley Snipes, which is the most noble death one can accumulate, <laughs> I would venture it, you know, because you're dying for somebody who evaded tax payments. So it's it's putting it's forgiving one sins for a different thing, and then just to use Kool Aid. So here's a question now: If I drink Kool Aid, does that mean you know I can usually can I can I just like that's what happened, right? Kool Aid Man cried, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna say it right now: Are you guys not insulted that baby nut baby peanut whatever the hell it wants to call it didn't come out and say oh yeah because technically the nourishment of Kool-Aid helped him. And is that even saying that maybe Kool-Aid is nutritional for you? This Super Bowl season for the ads left me very confused. Either that or I'm just a very dumb man. I'm not surprised if it's not that choice either. Um, but the, in all seriousness, the commercials were fine. They weren't they weren't egregiously in your face like some of the other ones were. I still don't understand, you know, putting in movie trailers that are not even trailers, but like a second, the only time it was acceptable was Avengers Endgame because we're all waiting for Infinity War, dang it. And they gave us just a minute and that was fine because it got me super hyped, but everything else is like in between. And I'm trying to think of what other one made me fascinated besides the Doritos, but they usually deliver. And I mean, they, oh. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Oh, there, there was one. 
why did Pop-Tarts need a commercial? You're Pop-Tarts. I was once too a poor college boy. I know I'm going to buy you. I'm going to go to Walmart and see pretzel flavor. I don't need you to waste advertise money. I'm naturally curious on this idea, just how Dunkin' Donuts is going to do a hot sauce flavor donut. Things like this excite me to destroy my taste buds and my intestines. Pop-Tarts, you could have saved your money. You're going to have all the kids in the 305 and an Itali and all this from the beginning of Florida to the end of Florida trying out your pretzel-based Pop-Tarts. We're lining up right now. I want to know when's coming in right now. I haven't been this excited since the KFC uh, Cheetos uh, chicken sandwich. But I digress. Use your money economically. That's all I'll say. Um, of course, you have the wholesome commercials. You have the one with the dog from the University of Wisconsin's Veterinary School. Which was awesome. Um, do you know the, the story behind it? Uh, I yeah, I mean, I, I might be a little bit rusty, but um, basically this guy, his dog was given like no chance to live because of cancer. Um, and University of Wisconsin's uh, veterinary program saved the dog. Um, so he took out this $6 million ad um, to thank them and to solicit donations for the, the UW uh, veterinary program. And I think it's fitting that they have a good veterinary program considering that their mascot is the badger. Um, yeah, that's basically it. And it's very wholesome of, uh, for anybody that has a dog, obviously. The Puppy Bowl was on simultaneously with the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the results were of that. but Well, the results were, aww, but in a, but in a good way. <laughs> okay. Not aww, um, but aww. And then you had Google's commercial with the, uh, the man trying to uh, look, remember his wife, his deceased wife. So that one, that, that's a tearjerker as well. Um, and I'm just I'm just scrolling through all of these commercials here, uh, Porsche commercial, Fast and Furious. Um, oh, gosh. Smart Park. What did you guys feel about that? That would, I, I enjoyed that one. I, and I would actually I would like to get BU's take Which on one? it. The Smart Park <laughs> commercial. The Smart Park commercial. Smart yeah. Park. We could hire one single person that was actually a Boston native and said <laughs> we'd give you John Krasinski, Chris Evans, and Rachel Dratch. Yeah, exactly. I, that was great. I enjoyed that one. Uh, Rick and Morty had one with Pringles. It was so weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> they it felt like an episode of Rick and Morty. Though, yeah, and, exactly. It. But, man, dear Lord, have they gone mainstream. Dear Lord. <laughs> Have they gone mainstream? Yeah, no comments. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, the Bean Pot tournament's going on. Oh, is it on right now? Well, no. I mean, it's it's gonna happen. Like it's it's like. Um, yeah, when that it's starts. It's that time of year. It's that time of year. Bu, when that starts, we're gonna have to bring you on to do a Bean Pot segment. Women's is okay. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll just do a. Men's semis were last night. Wow. So we're right in the middle of the bean pot. Uh, BU, do you want to give us your analysis of, uh, of the bean pot so far? Yeah, you can put it on the side here. I'm just going through all of these. Um, the Alexa one with uh, Ellen DeGeneres and, and Portia de Rossi. <laughs> all the past Alexas in time. That was pretty funny. I like that one too. Uh, once again, here, here's another one of my goons, TurboTax with their the TikTok thing, like they're trying way too hard. They're just trying way too hard to, to become a meme. And uh, let's see, keep, keep going. Little Caesars with Rain Wilson. That was on there. Dash Lane, blah, blah, blah. Squarespace. 
just Rocket Mortgage, uh, the Tide Pods, once again with Charlie Day and all the, the cross promotions. Um, the NFL one with the kid running across. That was awesome. That was a pretty awesome one. Uh, it pretty much tied in all of the all of the teams and uh, in the history of the NFL. So that wasn't too. Th- that was a pretty good one. Um, gosh, I'm just I'm just running by these. Uh, they had the the hummus commercial. Yeah, the Sabra hummus thing outside. Outside. Oh dear lord! Outside of their, they have some issues with regards to the whole Middle East. Uh, controversial things that are happening over there, political, uh, social, uh, geopolitical stuff that goes on there. So there's a a segment of people that dislike what they do as a company. But, and so, you know, some people don't buy their products. If they're going to buy hummus, they buy any hummus other than them. You can search that on your own outside of that. Okay. Just look it up. Just look up Sabra. I had to look it up because I just saw stuff on Twitter about it, and now I know why. Anyways, uh, how I must. How I must. What the hell is that? Nobody is going to say that. Nobody's going to say, this is how I must. Nobody says that. I've never seen a human being actually talk about how they consume hummus. They just have hummus. I love hummus. I just eat hummus. Black bean hummus, by the way, at Publix, fantastic hummus. Just way too hard to be a meme. Way too hard. Goons. They're all goons. Anyways, sorry. Uh, Oh, yeah, Ric Flair had a a, a sighting, by the way. So, um, yeah. Hey, Charles. Uh, BT Dubs, man, Fox is really pushing WWE, huh? Hey, Charles. Yes, buddy. Hey, we're back. Sorry. I don't know what happened with my computer. It sucks. And it lost all connections. And everything else in this office didn't lose connection. So just another episode of Sports Goose, everyone. Just another one of those. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Charles, are you there? Can I hear? Well, uh, anyway, while we're waiting uh, for him to come back. Okay, yeah. He, he, he popped out. <sighs> so we're we're getting to the halfway point. Wait a minute, my my my. Uh, I still cannot hear my this. Well, I can hear you. I, your your mic levels are up. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so BU was giving us, and that's Charles. He's back, baby. B was giving us a rundown of the, uh, the bean pot semifinals for the men's. Um, Northeastern took fewer penalties than Harvard, and I assume they advanced to the final. Um, and he sent me a tweet, sent us a tweet to uh, the outcome of the BUBC game, and man, that was interesting. Um, BU, uh, BU was down by two goals. Um, then there was a slashing penalty by BC. Uh, the Terriers, Boston University Terriers, came back to tie it, and they eventually won in overtime. So they're on to the finals to face Northeastern. And uh, 
We shall see. Let me look at the bean pot history. Two OT. Wow. Woof. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're at it's the actually going to be it's what? actually going to be an all dog final because Northeastern are the Huskies. Tis, Tis true. Um, we're we're getting around to the halfway point, guys. So, y'all know what that means, right? It is a word from our non-sponsors. This is when we and uh, we well we talk about the people, places, things, concepts, what have you that you are most thankful for, most enjoying over the past week. And I I had gone first the last few times, so who wants to go first this week? I'll let Charles go. Yeah, it's 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 been a bit, so I will I will go into this one. And you guys. I had a real hard time kind of thinking, you know, trying to keep it PG, PG-13 on my non-sponsor of the week, you know, because I am a man, you know, and uh, Super Bowl it always comes in with certain things that happen, how you set up your party. Do you get snacks? What kind of food did you get? Do you make yourself a little bit of the bubbly? And I went over to my buddy Houdini's, you know, and I was like, all right, I was also late and giving him his Christmas gift, so this kind of helped out both. But I'm going to say it now, and I really hope this doesn't open up a, you know, a can of worms coming in here. But uh, I think in the aggregate, the last couple of days, my uh, my non-sponsor week is wild turkey because me and my buddy had a little bit of a Pepsi and wild turkey, and, you know, it was a nice, relaxing kind of way to enjoy the Super Bowl with some alehouse food, so I'll keep a little PG-13 with it. I mean, it depends on how you like your bourbon. You know, I've been pretty good in keeping it clean and healthy because I'm trying to make it to 32, 33 maybe, if I'm lucky. So can't put out a lot of bad stuff. But every now and then, man, you get a stressful week at work. You want to hang out with your boys. You want to see Kyle Shanahan choke on his aspirations. Uh, you you got to enjoy yourself a little bit. It's a little bit sweeter than some of the other bourbons. American made. And, you know, they also make Long Branch. Matthew McConaughey talks it about a lot. And I mean, I, we, can't, we can't even enter, enter the website without being 18, without being 21. They're... Okay, fine, yeah. fine. Because we, we encourage you to uh, drink responsibly, of course, um, anyone of the age of 21 and over. But, uh, you know, I, I've been pretty good with it. I like bourbon, I like whiskey, I can never really do vodka. But, you know, I would say that, you know, wild turkey, bourbon, whiskey, you know, I don't have it at the house, but when I'm going to go out or something like that, maybe I'll get a few of that, maybe I'll get some Maker's Mark. But this was the highlight of the week, something that kept me – Nice and smooth and relaxed and enjoying, you know, Kyle Shanahan just choking on his aspirations. So, uh, you know, Wild Turkey, it was Wild Turkey 101, which is a little bit higher grade, but um, promo code uh, Choker. Okay. Um, my non-sponsor, just give me a second here, guys. Uh, let me, I'm trying to find the freaking thing to reset this this browser here. Ah, there it is. Okay, everybody. So... And I, I already told the story to Andrew over this weekend. So uh, I came back from Los Angeles, um, and I I came back from Los Angeles, and I came back home, and I know we're all scared about this coronavirus thing. It's spreading, what else, a, a bunch of jazz. Uh, I sat next to a sick fellow on the airplane. I get back home. I'm perfectly fine. 
I I decide, you know what? I had some stuff in the fridge. I'm like, okay, some old stuff from the past week. I'm like, okay, there's there's some sausages in here. I eat the sausages, and the next day I am feeling like I am dying. Absolute crap. I I cannot get out of bed. I have no energy. I uh, I had to unleash my intestines very vigorously over the course of hours since uh, dawn till mid-afternoon when my dad came over to help me with the brand new goose nest here and uh, he could see that I was deathly ill I called my sister who is a doctor and she makes me describe my 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 symptoms and she's like yeah that's your stomach uh what did you eat and I'm like I had some sausages yeah that's your stomach that's not any sort of virus of the corona kind uh, go get yourself what will be my non-sponsor, Imodium AD. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Imodium AD (laughs) helped me control my bowel symptoms. And lo and behold, I, uh, I emptied out whatever I had to empty out from my body. I soon enough uh, was able to at least rest enough from my ailments. I passed whatever the sausages were. And by the next day, I was finally okay. Uh, My appetite did not return, but I was okay enough that I didn't feel like that I was dying and sweating profusely and in utter pain and with zero energy. So I like to thank the good folks at, who the heck makes Imodium AD? Uh, Johnson & Johnson for Imodium AD. It really helped. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'm so tempted to go with, a, with one that I've done before um, because they helped out, but I guess I won't. Which puts me in kind of a bind. Ah, fuck it. Uh, (laughs) Costco! I'm going back to Costco for a different reason. Um, Legit, though. Uh, So, last week... Oh, I forgot the promo code for Imodium, Charles. Uh, That's right. Gosh darn it. Um, uh, Gosh. um, Corona and sausages. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was last week, um, my glasses broke. Um, I showed Francisco. They they broke on the bridge, on the bridge of the nose. It cracked in half, split in half, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm, I'm rocking the Harry Potter right now, the Harry Potter look right now with the, the tape holding the nose together. Um, although instead of just uh, regular masking tape for him, I've got that duct tape going right now. Um, broken bridge is the worst. Exactly. Um, Alter bridge though is the best. Um, you think you know me? I'm not sure you do. Anyway. Hit the music. <laughs> um, so I went to Costco, of which I am a member, a longtime member. And I was expecting, okay, so I'm going to go uh, get my eye exam. I haven't had my, my eye exam in a few years now. 
And I was like, okay, so the whole thing, you know, I'm going to get sunglasses as well because the transitions are utterly useless um, because they don't work in the car when you need it most. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get regular glasses. I'm going to get the sunglasses. I'm going to get the eye exam as well. This thing's probably going to come out to like seven, eight hundred dollars because that was what it came out to the last time that I got glasses. No, less than four hundred dollars for the eye exam, the glasses, and the sunglasses. Unfriggin' believable. Amazing deal. I highly, I, I seriously recommend going to Costco. Uh, their memberships are dirt cheap. They have like a fifty dollar membership deal right now. Um, and if it's not right now, it'll be in like two seconds because they do it all the time. I'm pretty sure college students get an even better deal. Um, you can buy things in bulk. I know in the past, Costco had a 20-pound bucket of macaroni and cheese. Um, so for all, you, uh, for all you doomsdayers out there that want to uh, pack up and make sure that nothing is going to happen... That's the place for you. If you want real good hot dogs, that's the place for you. Um, Costco is the best. Uh, Costco, Sam's, BJ's, all really good. I love warehouse places like that. I'm a member at Sam's and Costco. Used to have BJ's membership when I lived nearby one. So Costco, thank you for your supremely low prices on glasses. That was amazing. Thank you very much. Promo code, no broken bridge, no more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All righty. That was fun. That was, for, for, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wild Turkey, Ammonium AD, and Costco. Fantastic. Kirkland Signature, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wanted to get to hockey because I'm really excited to talk about this Let's today. Let's do it. Okay, so... Um, Guys, uh, Charles, you're, you're, you're about to learn today. I have my notepad and pen ready, guys. The Battle of Alberta has... Well, ret- since this is a learn goof segment of sorts, I want him to guess who are the Battle of Alberta teams. Indeed. We, want, right. yeah. we want the city and the name. I... Edmonton. Yay. That's, that's one. Right. And I just want to say Winnipeg Jets, but I know I'm wrong on that. No. One. Ottawa that, Senators. That's, they're that's, Manitoba. That's no, Manitoba. They're, they're on Ontario's Ottawa. All right. You have four more teams those, to guess. We know I'm ignorant to the concept of geography because I live in my own world. Um, <laughs> this is painful. This is like hearing the teacher scratching on a blackboard <laughs> because, okay. you know, uh let's see it's definitely not going to be the pittsburgh penguins no i think they're still in america but yeah granted i get a pass if it's a relocated team from the past that's a different team well they did they they actually are Uh, a relocated team from Uh, yeah because i know the nhl does a lot of that so you know i I get a c minus on this okay well we'll we'll give them the second one it's the calgary flames god damn it i knew and that's i I tried to give you a hint by saying you're getting warmer okay so the battle if you guys saw me right now i was like when i wasn't speaking i was phonetically like speaking with my mouth closed all the canadian cities (laughs) vancouver (laughs) 
Saskatchewan, uh, Regina, Regina. <laughs> Uh, those those weird newfies. <laughs> um, anyways, so Battle of Alberta, yes, between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames has has reemerged after years of dormancy, and has given us the greatest of all gifts in hockey: combat, a goalie fight, and not just a goalie fight, a line brawl, an honest to god mm. true line brawl. Oh yes. Oh, dear Lord. Yes, 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 so yes, when yes. When we say line brawl, it means all players on that line being the hell of each other, correct? All oh, six. indeed. Well, usually a line brawl is just the five position players because the goalies rarely go at it. So that's technically a line brawl, but a true line brawl. Um, I'm Right now I'm doing the, uh, the Paca meme from Emperor's New Groove, you know, with like <laughs> the just right. Um a true honest to god line brawl is when all six, all 12 guys on the ice are duking it out um you don't see them much anymore their heyday was in the 70s and 80s um they really cracked down on it recently especially as they've been cracking down on fighting in general but when you've got a line brawl it is a sight to behold it's eight player smash it basically is <laughs> <laughs> it is oh dear lord it, it is i mean it was a gift it was truly a gift so all right so we have to we have to take this back into the history of this uh we have to go back to when the founding of both edmonton and calgary uh, way back when uh like these cities have always been rivals they have always been rivals since their founding, since their colonization. They have always been uh, just disparate rivals with each other from their politics all the way to their sports. It is Edmonton versus Calgary. Edmonton is the capital of Alberta. Calgary is the most populous city in the province. And, so, and they both came to the NHL around the same time. So 1979 was the uh, when the WHA, the World Hockey Association, merged with the NHL. Basically the same thing like with the NFL and the American Football League and the NBA and the American Basketball Association. The NHL did the same thing. Edmonton Oilers were one of the, I think, only four teams that moved on over to the NHL side. Well, let's 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 take another step back here yep. for a second. Okay. Because the Flames originally were in Atlanta. Right. Um, and by the way, the reference for that name is the the Civil War. Actually, how uh, General Sherman just destroyed Atlanta. Destroyed Atlanta. Which um, is kind of weird for Atlanta to kind of honor in a sense with right. the team name, but you know, but I, but, Atlanta's. You know, it's actually pretty fitting with the way Atlanta sports has gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they didn't, they started out in, the Flames organization started out in Atlanta. They didn't move to Calgary until the 1980-81 season. So that's when it, before it was just nothing. But since 1980, uh, that's when the Battle of Alberta uh started anyway continue 
and for for reference, Charles, if you have not seen it, it is on the screen right now, uh, in the in the background. So, um, and it, it's just it's freaking amazing. I love this. I I just I, this is look. I, I I'm all for less fights in the NHL because they've gotten or at least less enforcers, but. There's there's no replacement for genuine hate in sports. There's no replacement for teams that just absolutely hate each other in in, in any sport, in any sport. It, it is it is a it's beautiful and I'm assuming it's the reason that Andrew's favorite sport is college football because there's a lot of genuine hate between a lot of, of a lot of fan bases and and even the teams themselves. Like oh gosh. Okay, so the overall series, as far as the regular season is concerned, belongs to the Calgary Flames. They they hold the the, the record uh, over the the Oilers in, in victories. The Oilers, however, own the Flames in the playoffs. They've played five postseason series. The Flames, the the, the Oilers, have won four of them. Um, and of course, the Flames have only won the Stanley Cup once in their history back in the 80s. And the Edmonton Oilers have won five Stanley Cup championships, their heyday in the 80s, uh, culminating in 1990 with their, their last Stanley Cup victory there. Um, and so uh, I've, and so the these teams, faced off each other against each other so much they've been in the same division together forever so there it, it this rivalry and, and they pity themselves against each other because of the structure of the NHL playoff system back in the 80s and now they've kind of they've retroactively done it again with this playoff structure in which it kind of it kind of um forces really good teams to face each other early on in the playoffs but it it gives you these rivalries that that happen all the time in the playoffs, which is what the NHL wants. Some people hate it, some people don't, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. This and around that time, 1991 was their last series against each other. But between that and I would say 2000, both teams lost their luster. Uh, their their heydays were gone. Of course, you're going to have a down period. 2004, the Flames return back to prominence. They lose the Stanley Cup to the to the Lightning. Two, 2006, the Oilers make a surprising run back to the Stanley Cup final, but lose to the Carolina Hurricanes. But since then, it's been really rough going for the Oilers. They have the three number one picks in a row. Uh, and they've just been awful. They had a 10-year playoff drought. The Flames have been kind of the same, but they've returned to prominence, and this year, for the first time in a long time, both teams are good, or at least good enough to make the playoffs, and if the, the, if the season ended right now, they'd be facing each other in the first round. So, yes, people want that to happen. People, I think we need that to happen in the NHL. Um, the, the NHL, I, and I'll tell you this, Charles, 
they if there's one thing the NHL sucks at is marketing itself. Because this happened on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, uh, NBC holds the national TV rights to the NHL. Oh. And they they have this thing called Wednesday Night Rivalry, which is I guess their their big night for the for NHL. Um, and usually it works out where they have a, a good game between two teams. They instead decided to this game happened at ten o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. Which I think is eight o'clock local for alberta right maybe it's nine i think it was eight o'clock over there but the um the nhl or nbc decided to instead air the los angeles kings hosting the tampa bay lightning the la kings they used to be very good a long time ago but they very much are one of the worst teams in leagues this year the lightning are a good squad and they deserve to be on national TV a lot, a lot more than they have. They've been screwed over because of that. But the NHL has a, has their favorites, the Detroit Red Wings, the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Los Angeles Kings, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Washington Capitals, and lately the Vegas Golden Knights because they're the new hot thing for a lot of people they really suck at promoting themselves they really suck at promoting their players the nba and the nfl do it way better than anybody else the nba if they have a good team even in the tiny market if the if the nba had the tampa bay lightning they would have the lightning front and center pretty much as many weeks as they can put them the milwaukee bucks right now front and center because of Jonas, because they're really good. That's how it should be. NHL, continue, NBC, always putting on the same tired teams all of the time. It, it, and it, it really sucks. It really sucks for, for the league. They really, once their deal, which will end, I think, this season, once the deal, the national deal ends, NBC, um, and I get that it's a simulcast with, um, I think, Sportsnet. Uh, up there in Canada, uh, BU. But look, the NBA will send NBA on TNT up to Toronto uh, to broadcast the Raptors because the Raptors have been good the last few years. Uh, Major League Baseball will send uh, 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 Sunday Night Baseball up to to the freaking Rogers Center in Toronto if the Blue Jays are doing awesome. NHL doesn't do that. NHL does not send their A-team uh, on NBC. NBC does not send their A-team over to Canada to, 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 to cover the Flames versus the Oilers. Uh, it's a shame. It's a real shame. And this is just stuff that's happening. But the Battle of Alberta is alive and well. And that's it. So that's your learn and goof hockey thing uh, for, for, for uh, today, Charles. That's that's what's going down, um, and I guess some other hockey stuff, uh, just to get out of the way. Um, NHL three stars for the past week. Uh, this week was um, uh, first star was Leon Drysidle, who is a member of the Edmonton Oilers. He is the he is a center. He is probably going to win the the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is the MVP award for the NHL. 
he will probably win the Art Ross if his pace keeps going like this, which is the NHL award for most points in a sing in a season. Uh, so, yeah, he had two goals, six assists, for eight points in three games. The Oilers went two, uh, two victories in regulation and one overtime loss. And yeah, or not regulation, but two victories. Uh, Steven Stankos was the second star for the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, JT Miller for the Vancouver Canucks. That's all I got for hockey. But yeah. How, how is your respective teams doing? Tampa's doing well. Oh, yeah. The, Florida's doing well. Yeah, the Panthers won yesterday against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And of course, the, uh, the hockey world rejoices when the Leafs lose. Uh, <laughs> um, the quote unquote center of the hockey universe. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I could harp on about the Panthers, but I don't want to because I will go off and off and off. But they're doing all right. They're doing all right. Uh, they're playing right now against the um, Columbus Blue Jackets, and I have not seen the score. But I will be looking up that score, Carl, to see what it is. Um, <laughs> other than that, yeah. Um, let's see. We are 126 in. Andrew, we have Fulmer Cup? We do. Is this the 2020 debut? Uh, this would be the 2020 debut. Oh, let's do it. We haven't seen this graphic in a while. It's nothing, nothing, by the way, between the Cats and the Jacks. All right. So just as Charles does his cage disclaimer, here is my Fulmer Cup disclaimer. We are not the official podcast of the Fulmer Cup. Rather, I just provide updates. So for those who don't know, let's give a quick refresher. The Fulmer Cup is an is a quote-unquote competition held each offseason in college football starting the second that the national championship ends and begins then and ends when foot touches football for the first kickoff of the college football season, which is, I think, in late April, uh, late August this year, I believe. Um, But I digress. It has been a very... um, very action-packed start to the season so far. Um, that was an extreme February 4th update that I just saw. Yikes. University of Utah player. I'll have to take a look at that one. Yeah, that was an extreme one. I'm going to scroll past that one real quick, but yeah. Yeah, it's... Ooh. it's Ooh. Yeah. It's been a... This has been a particularly bad year. Um, oh dear lord what is this from T- tennessee tech for a oh, former football oh now he's a former one right <laughs> oh gosh it this i mean i've only been really paying attention to the former cup for this is my second year yeah but this has been a particularly quote-unquote bad start um you know i'll just i'll just do the and, and going with the theme of 2020 so far <laughs> i'll just go with the lesser ones we've got uh, ECU offensive lineman Cortez Heron was arrested on charges of possession of marijuana, which is a felony, and possession of yeah. marijuana paraphernalia, which is a misdemeanor. Yeah. Um, let's see. Kansas cornerback uh, Corion Harris 
was arrested on felony charges of weapons and drugs. Uh, and the other two I'm going to leave off air because those are pretty, uh, pretty bad. Uh, with charge of felonies, he had a cash, a weapon, and marijuana in his car. Um, unlawful use of a weapon and delivery of a controlled substance. So, and the other two, I'm just going to leave off air, like I said, because they're, they're pretty morose, uh, pretty depressing, but it's off to a quick start, the, the 2020 Fulmer Cup season. Uh, this is a lot more active than it was last year. So we'll, we'll check in next week and see if there are any further updates. Oh, uh, let's see. They haven't even updated the standings yet, so I'm 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 sure that'll get going soon enough. But yeah, well, there are technically no standings because in order for a team to be eligible, they have to have two separate players. Ah, okay. Um, it it came out of an incident from I think 2006, if I remember correctly, maybe it was 2007 where one player beat every other team just by one incident. So the the Fulmer Cup committee decided that they needed to amend things. So it wasn't they have an individual award now for the player who the uh, most invaluable player. Right. Uh, <laughs> most unvaluable? Yeah, there you go. That's yeah, that's better. Or I guess in a way it's the most valuable player since the player with the most points is the most valuable to his team. That's true. And maybe he paid the most in fines. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, in order for a team to be eligible, they have to have two or more players who uh, earn points. Um, and right now, none of the teams have multiples. Oh, and I just want to say, this is only for Division One teams, so FBS and FCS. Uh, Tennessee Tech, I do not think, is a D1 school. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's early. We've got a few more months to go. Uh, hopefully, the crimes get a little bit more less intense than the last two. So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get some hilarious stuff going on. Yeah, uh, that'll that's the fun stuff. <laughs> Around the summer, when spring happens and people can get out and party and get on a, get on a bunch of shenanigans going. Exactly. Okay. Alrighty. So that's our yeah former cup update. Uh, what? Let me get to some of the smaller stuff. Um, I wanted to do. Let's see. Hold on. I want to do a fun one. Let's do a fun one. Where where, where is this thing? Gosh darn it. All right, I'm trying to find the uh, the correct one here. Okay, so is this is this popping on? Okay, players we remember to forget. So this is where we remember forgotten players, and I wanted to remember a guy named Pat Mahomes. Wait for it. <laughs> Not Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes. There is a distinct difference, although not that different. Uh, Pat Mahomes is father of Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, former NFL MVP of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, let me clarify, though, they, Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl MVP quarterback, 
is still a junior. The Pat Mahomes that we are speaking about Mm -hmm. tonight is actually Patrick Mahomes, but he's Patrick Mahomes senior. Patrick Mahomes quarterback is, I don't think he goes by junior. He's Patrick Mahomes the second. Right. He decided to go with his full first name just to distinguish himself from his father. Exactly. Unlike Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who, who, had the, who had the Roman numerals for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so, um, uh, Pat, uh, what was it? So, Pat Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the Detroit Tigers. That is true. Back in 2014. I actually saw somewhere that there have been eight MLB teams that have drafted Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Right. Uh, Russell Wilson is also uh, one of those. Um, he actually pl- did spring training with the uh, Yankees. Yeah, and like he might year. do it again this year, I think. So, yeah, he's been doing spring training just for the heck of it, mm-hmm. which is, oh, man, that is fun, isn't it, huh? Yeah, if you could just do spring training just for the heck of it, Yeah, no pressure to make the team. I mean, like, I know I mean, he, uh, could, he could go to the Baltimore Orioles. They'd actually put him on the team. Yes, they would. <laughs> um Certainly, I know that um, what's his face, Kyler Murray, could do it. Right. I'd, I would love to see another two sport player again. Um, it's but gonna I, be really tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It'd have to be somebody in a position, like it'd have to be like a kicker slash corner outfielder. Hey, Pat McAfee, we're calling on you, my friend. Oh boy. Okay, so Pat Mahomes played in Major League Baseball. He was a pitcher. He was drafted at a high school, uh, drafted in 1988 in the sixth round. Uh, he played for a bunch of teams, Minnesota Twins, the Boston Red Sox, the New York Mets, the Texas Rangers, the Chicago Cubs, and ended his career with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He had a stint in Japan, I think, for a couple of seasons. He was not a... Not a significant player whatsoever. He went 42 and 39, five saves, 5.47 ERA for his career. That hurts when you just say it. In, uh, in 308 games played, he played in one postseason in 1999 with the New York Mets. And in 2000, he, play, he did pitch for the Mets, but he was left off of their playoff roster in their uh, World Series run, which ended with Charles's Yankees defeating the Mets. And yes, he is the father of Patrick Mahomes. So that is our player to remember to forget, Pat Mahomes. And I'm pretty darn sure he's having a good time with the son uh, nowadays. So there you go. That's that's it. That's it for Senor Mahomes. Uh, let's see. And I wanted to get to better know a minor league team. So we we also highlight a uh, one of the millions of minor league teams that are out there across. Uh, three sports at least and uh, heck we might have to start covering the xfl soon enough yes. <laughs> that's coming up uh this weekend actually um so i wanted to cover the south bay lakers because i didn't get a chance to last week with the whole kobe thing i wanted to just to highlight them uh, south bay lakers they were founded in 2006 they were originally known as the Los Angeles Defenders, which is a horrendous name for a team of any sort. They were supposed to be called the, the Los Angeles Breakers, but they were forced to change their name because that had already been like trademarked by a dwarf basketball team. 
in the, in the Los Angeles area. Just look it up. It's there. Um, anyways, the uh, they became the South Bay Lakers in 2017. They play their games out of El Segundo, California, uh, at the UCLA Health Training Center, which is the home of the Los Angeles Lakers practice facility. So both teams train in the same facility, but the Lakers, the South Bay Lakers themselves play there. 750 seat capacity, the smallest venue in the NBA G League. And uh, yeah, they used to play out there. They used to play at the previous facility, the Toyota Sports Center, which was uh, which is the home of the Los Angeles Sparks now and also the Los Angeles Kings practice facility. Um, so it's that's but all in El Segundo, California. So it's all in the same city. So they didn't move very far. Uh, interesting thing about them they have no championships, they have two Western Conference titles and a two Pacific Division titles. Uh, their head coach is Kobe Carl, who is the son of George Carl. Hmm. And uh, current players on the roster they have Costas Antetokounmpo, which is one of the brothers of Jonas Antetokounmpo. And they have David Stockton, who is the son of NBA Hall of Famer, former Utah Jazz, John Stockton. So just some notable guys that are on the team right now. Nepotism for the win. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's the South Bay Lakers. Uh, I love their logo, BT Dubs. It's basically the Los Angeles Lakers logo, but with like a little bay on the bottom of it. Uh, fantastic. Uh just plain and simple. I like it. Um, yeah, that's it for for that minor league team. Um, well, how much time we got here? We're at one thirty-eight. Uh, Charles, uh, I want to talk some NBA. Let's do it. Uh, All right, I'm some, gonna go take a nap. Yeah, go, go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> or you can learn. You can be a learner goof here on the side. All right. Um, oh no, I wanted to do the real MVP. Um, my real MVP is Aaron Boone. Yep. Do you know why, Andrew? Uh, I think I do, but I think I forgot as well. 31 and 20, baby. Oh, that's right. Not... He predicted the score. Yes, that is exactly why. And it, once again, um, uh, confirms my fear that the baseball gods are going to exact revenge upon the league and the Astros' uh, uh, misgivings by having the Yankees win the World Series this year. Um, yeah, Aaron Bleeping Boone nailed the Super Bowl score. So, yeah, I mean, freaking, uh, yeah, he put, for what it's worth, I'm going with the Chiefs, 31 to 20. There it is, right there at 6.03 p.m., 27 minutes before the game started. I mean... Bravo, sir. Freaking... Yeah, Aaron Boone. There you go. Aaron bleeping Boone. Uh, I, I, I don't have anything more to say than that, man. Sheesh. Drop the mic. I mean, he'll be the real MVP if he brings me a world championship <laughs> or a MLB championship, World Series championship. Just, just to let you guys know, Francisco literally dropped the mic. I always wanted to do that. He he literally dropped his his round microphone. 
his his oh, blue uh, blue yeti blue yeti microphone. Yes, he just dropped it on his on a legal dose snowball microphone. Okay, all right. So that's that's it for that. Uh, all right, Charles. Sorry. Um, uh, NBA talk. So we're 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 the league is moving forward. Uh, still honoring Kobe Bryant, but moving forward. And I don't know if you got a glimpse of the game yesterday between the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. I sent you a link on the, uh, the good old messenger mm-hmm. from the Twitter about how physical of a game it was of Demarcus Robinson not touching Joel Embiid at all, but Joel flopping, flopping like the fraud that he is. <laughs> uh, this is... Um... Gosh, they defeated the 76ers by, what, 31 points? I think that was yeah. it. Yeah, it was. And, okay, so I saw pretty much the entire second half of that game uh, along with – I was switching back and forth between them and the Florida Panthers. And the Miami Heat, there was a point in the game where they're – like they could have – they should have let up. They should have let up on the 76ers. There was no way that they were coming back. But that was a statement game, guys. That That was a bona fide ass whooping. That was – Eric Spolstra did not pull any punches. He left Kelly Olenek out there. He left Kendrick Nunn out there for the final minutes, and they were still jacking threes. Like, they let the 76ers know – because remember, there was all that talk. Sixers fans especially talk 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 Miami Heat oh you guys want to get it get 20 to 30 wins a lot of NBA experts quote unquote that said the Miami Heat were a 41 and 41 team all over again they've got 34 victories right now uh, doesn't they've got seven more to go we're and we're we're not even at the All Star break um, Jimmy Butler going off on his old team when he needed to. He didn't have to the last few times, but he needed to this time. Um, and even then, it was freaking overkill <laughs> later on. Um, the 76ers are Joel Embiid, who is, yes, he's a big guy. He's got the size. He's not that athletic. There's ways to defeat him. And a bunch of guys that really, they just, they're not good enough. They just are not good enough. They're just not good enough. And they're injured. They signed an old, 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 I can I rephrase it, old mm. Al Horford oh, I, to I, a hundred-plus million-dollar deal. I forgot that Al Horford was on yeah. the 76ers last night. And I Dude. saw him like, wait, what is he doing there? I thought he was like in Sacramento teaching the youngins or something. They took our sloppy seconds of Josh Richardson, who just can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, talk about and, and once again the se- the the Heat win the season series, which is fantastic for a tiebreaker in the future, three games to one. Um, that's a statement, guys. That first game where the Heat, you know, that was just like them warming up, the team getting to know themselves. No, this is the real Miami Heat, and the Sixers are not even at the same they're not even on the same playing field they just aren't they they are a g league team compared to the miami heat oh strong words right there oh yeah 
Oh no. I mean, I mean, they, so, they are in the middle of a three-game losing streak that started with them losing to the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this. Let's dissect this. A year ago, around this time, a trade was made that sent Jimmy Butler to the Sixers on the belief that he was the missing piece. And what you had was a lack of cohesion between him, Ben Simmons, who can't shoot, Joel Embiid, who has a very shaky confidence game, then J.J. Redick, who's just wasting away in New Orleans, not doing anything we should trade for him, if we can, Um, Tobias Harris, who is their best player, and then the genetic makeup of this team, led by Brett Brown, who seemed fine as a coach at that time, fast forward a year later, and their confidence is uh, broken, battered, bewildered, and you know what scares me? They'll probably end up winning it all because they'll finish off as a seven seed, and I hate it. But right now, they are a very dysfunctional team. Ben Simmons called them soft. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler was it. You know Jimmy was coming in for that statement game mm-hmm. because there was reports of not just heat culture and Dwayne Wade recruiting, but it was a year of the contract that Philly didn't want to give him. Because I think, you know, if you're chasing championships, you get the idea that, in theory, if you kept that strong five together and you paid Jimmy Butler, Jimmy was going to say, but I think he wanted the fourth year fully guaranteed, and they only want to go three years in option, if I remember things so correctly from a year ago. We know out there in the Sports Goops universe, BU is about to comment on this thing, that Charles and Francisco really don't like Philly. And the reason why is because you talk about a process, trusting the process, we didn't sell out our fans to buy ghost titles. Miami Heat delivered the real process when they were stuck with true salary cap hell with Hassan Whiteside. We should call him Hogwash Whiteside because they ain't doing anything in Portland. Uh, Damian Lillard um, is, but... Yeah, well, Damian, <laughs> Damian, Damian's like low-key MVP in it oh, right now. Yeah. No one wants mm. to give him love because we don't like to give things to Damian. Um, we we want to push in all these things, and they threw away their fan base on the prospect of the process just trust us. And what happened? You trade away all your first-rounders. You had to sign free agents, and tr- believe me, getting free agents such as Tobias Harris – Josh Richardson trading for him, touching on J.J. Redick when you trade for him, you're getting these veterans. Is not the process of whom you draft because when you draft badly, poor Markel Fultz, Michael Carter-Williams, everybody in between, and don't be surprised if they do trade Ben Simmons because I feel like it'll come in two years, you're not really doing anything, and you're mortgaging everything. And they've had a lot of controversy. Didn't they have what Colangelo's kid who just kind of said everybody's kind of soft like Charmin a few years back? as a controversy and you know brett brown's gonna be the next one getting the axe it's gonna you know off of his head kind of mentality yeah um so i'm enjoying that a real team who knows how to scout true players because let me tell you something it's not from tyler hero and um when the other guys the rest of the other guys are their second rounders or free agents that we took a wire on because you have demarcus robinson or i can never say his name there's too many robinsons in this damn league who is playing good minutes. You have Kendrick Nunn, who just kind of came out of nowhere. You have Tyler Hero, who, you know, should be a respectable third or fourth on Rookie of the Year because we both know John Moore is taking it. It's debatable on Zion. I think you look at the body of work, unless the Pelicans make the playoffs and push it out, but they won't because Alvin Gentry can't coach. Um, John Moore is my undisputed at the moment 
MVP or not MVP, but rookie of the year. But this team's going to spiral and Philly going to Philly and they're just going to fire Brett Brown and it's going to blow up again because they'll be left with a team of pieces of a puzzle, but each puzzle piece is for a different puzzle because the game of Ben Simmons might mesh well with Joel Embiid, but doesn't mesh, mesh well with Tobias Harris. Doesn't mesh well with an Al Horford. Al Horford was just the worst signing. You want to get a 33-year-old leader on the court? That's fine. You know, yeah. Everybody has that veteran out there, but $115, $125 million, yeah. $100 million, that's just cap space that you lose out on. I mean, there's a reason the Boston Celtics didn't bring him back. <laughs> yeah. And boy, they can kind oh, of lose Oh, yes. Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go. Is this a good enough segue? Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just pop in there. We all know that the 76ers are frauds, right? Frauds. 70 frauds. And we've been saying that for like several episodes. Well, every time we bring them up, <laughs> the okay. Flyers aren't doing so bad right now, but whatever. So, segue. Um, Alex Spear, who is a – and thanks to BU for bringing this up. He thanks that he appreciate or he gives credit to a college hockey discord full of Red Sox fans. Um, sports writer Alex Spear for the Boston Globe. Rumor is that Mookie Betts and David Price are going to be traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers pending review of medical medicals. Is this the baseball gods gifting the Los Angeles Dodgers for their the the grievances the the miss the the whatever the Boston Red Sox sins? It's entirely possible. But is it? What's the package in the return? We don't know, right? We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Probably some prospects. I mean, getting Mookie would be a boon for everybody. But Dodgers, I don't know if he has a trash Dodgers, can to hear. I mean, the Dodgers, I, 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 what? what's going on? Jeff Passan, who mm-hmm. is yeah. an MLB insider. Is it the real Jeff Passan and not the a parody real account? Jeff Passan. He's got a, he's got a check mark next to his Is name. it a real check mark and not one of those symbols that kind of looks like a it check mark? A real, it is a real check mark. <laughs> um... And it's breaking news. The Los Angeles Dodgers have agreed to a deal with the Boston Red Sox that would send Mookie Betts and David Price to the Dodgers. Boy, it's going to be nice in the AL East not having competition despite the Rays. And Bleacher Bleacher Report has already photoshopped Mookie Betts into a Dodgers uniform. So uh, Yeah, <laughs> I am I'm, I'm just put it up on the freaking Twitter right now. I just put it on the screen. Dear Lord. Uh, so Dodgers Yankees World Series, huh? Just what the major league, what just what major league baseball has wanted for the last few years. That would be amazing because that would. Speaking of rivalries that we've been discussing all night, that's. I mean, it's uh, been uh, uh, it's been dormant for a while. But that's true. For those who don't know, the Los Angeles Dodgers used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers, and. The Dodgers and the Yankees used to face off all the time in the World Series. Uh, talk about a, a Subway Series. Yeah, if this uh, was the Battle of Alberta, the Yankees would be the Oilers and the Flames would be the Dodgers. But yes. <laughs> um, as far as success, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's big news. Uh, Mookie Betts and well, David Price has not been the David Price of old recently. Uh, David Price, I gosh, I, he's he's gotten way, paid way too much for the performance that he's had. Still a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. Um, just not like freaking. I mean, people have overpaid for him. 
That's for sure. He he's a, old, man. He he's 34 now. Yeah, and that's, that is that is also true. He's been in the league for quite a while. I mean, he debuted on that 2008 Tampa Bay Rays squad. So, yeah, he's been in the league for quite a while now. Um, Wow. So, yeah, gosh, freaking. Uh, okay, so we're eight minutes left. So I think we need to go where we have to go. We all know where we have to go. Mm-hmm. We have to get inside that cage. Let's go. All right. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly Truplex, The Cage with Charles. Now, disclaimer, as Andrew said, he has his performer. I have mine with mine in the cage. Wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is poetry in motion. It is a ballet about men hating each other, about women hating each other, the chase for a championship, the love of a woman, the love of a man, the pure badassery of beating each other up. And right now, you guys, we got two things on the horizon. We talked about last show. We talked about now. WrestleMania season is always upon us. It's like knowing that you you got to go to the bathroom because you had some bad sausage and you got to hold it in, but it's coming in and out to get a little graphic in there. But you know, there's a process, you know, you got to take your emodium, you know, you have to suffer through. And right now we're in suffering through season because it's what I call finger pointing season because every single person who won the Royal Rumble, Drew McIntyre and Charlotte Fleur, they're pointing to the Tampa sign and everybody else in between are trying to figure out everything else because the WWE still has two pay-per-views. To fill out in february they got the super showdown in saudi arabia which means we're gonna get a lot of real matches that don't matter but one of them will matter out of nowhere and then we're also gonna get a lot of returning vets because the people over in saudi arabia love the old timers a lot of veterans the last time they had uh their own little pay-per-view there which was i think october which was not crown jewel it might have been one of those but not only did you have the fiend but you had Team Hogan versus Team Flair. So nostalgia runs wild, just like the Super Bowl halftime show with Shakira and J-Lo. And then we have Elimination Chamber. So as we're trying to go through WrestleMania season, we have some guarantees. We know Drew McIntyre is going to be facing against Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship, allegedly. Why do we say allegedly? Because there's still two pay-per-views that come out. So on Monday Night Raw, last night there was a a triple threat match to see who the number one contender of that title was going to be. Not for the Universal, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the old brand for the WWE Championship because Bray Wyatt now holds the Universal Championship of SmackDown. So Ricochet, Seth Rollins, and the immortal, the almighty, Bobby Lashley, who was in that Rusev uh, storyline smut drama that I love so much, was in it uh, competing. At the end of the day, Ricochet, Mr. Tiny, the one and only King Ricochet, won that out. So he'll be facing against Brock Lesnar. And here's the thing, I'm kind of excited for it because... Ricochet himself is not the most physically imposing man, but he is uber athletic, if I can say as that. And he is a crowd pleaser with the moves that he does. Very aerial assault, high speed athleticism coming in against Brock Lesnar's big, mighty monster that we have. But Brock typically works better with small guys. There's something about it of a natural David and Goliath story. So I think it was a good choice coming in. The rest of the card's trying to fill itself out because they want to focus on the Super Showdown. There's been some rumors. They're saying Goldberg is coming back. And I don't know who wants to get a concussion from that man, but it was kind of like watching a giraffe die slowly when he went against the Undertaker last showdown <laughs> last year. And I just feel for the next person oh, who's going to have their neck busted. There was a lot of botches in that match. However, he did have his little squash match with Dolph Ziggler. 
if they want to be creative, they can use that real life beat that he's got going on with Matt Riddle, who's been kind of running his mouth a little bit. Apparently, there was a verbal altercation between him and Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, to which Brock Lesnar takes Matt Riddle and says, hey, you and I ain't ever effing working together, so get your you know stuff straight. And I'm keeping PG very nicely because Brock Lesnar ain't PG. Brock Lesnar's not even R-rated. I think he's like X-rated, but that's just me. Um, and he's just telling him that, you know, keep my name out of your mouth. So that being said, we're kind of figuring out who's doing what. The other move, which is odd, bad choice in my opinion, but, you know, Vince McMahon is always afraid of the almighty AEW, is that he's going to have Charlotte Flair, the person who won the Women's Royal Rumble this year, challenge, possibly, Rhea Ripley, NXT Women's Champion. Here's the thing about that. Charles don't like that. Charles not a big fan because you already have the equivalent of NXT WrestleMania with the NXT TakeOver that they're going to have on that weekend. NXT is still developmental, even though it's kind of like high developmental now. It's kind of like the major leagues and my own uh, Clint Frazier, outfitter for the Yankees. Sometimes he plays some games in the big lead and sometimes he goes to the minor league because the roster is too strong. That's kind of how you should do NXT because WrestleMania is the showcase of the gods mm. and you don't want to get the minor leaguers in there. Yes, I understand that Charlotte has ran through everybody. And yes, I understand it's more of a move to get NXT and its ratings up, but let's be honest here. You're never going to really be all elite wrestling on their Wednesday show Dynamite. Why? Because there's a split fans, split amount of demographics of fans who watch Dynamite, and there's a split fans who watch the NXT. I watch both, but not necessarily at the same time. I've been watching NXT because I think it has been a better product because if you thought it's a slow race getting to the showcase of the Immortals for WrestleMania, imagine being a fan of AEW and then they only do like five pay-per-views a year. They got Revolution coming up. The highlight of their match is going to be Cody versus MJF, and that's been a long just saying story, and then Jon Moxley versus Chris Jericho for the AEW Championship. Get me invested more, please. But back to WWE. They're still kind of working out, but I think you're kind of wasting a precious WrestleMania spot. Because here's the thing you guys got to understand about WrestleMania. Damn, is it a long pay-per-view. It's like six hours, man. That's why I'm not going to go to Tampa. Because as much as I love wrestling, and trust me, huh. when I'm at work and I don't know what to do with my life, and I just fascinate of what happens if I had my nickname, El Macho Muchacho, as a wrestler, I still can't imagine eight hours of full wrestling. And it's just an entire weekend because, yeah, Friday Night SmackDown. You get the NXT pay-per-view. You get WrestleMania, and then you get the Raw after, which is just as good. It's kind of tough to go in there. I'd rather you fill the proper WrestleMania spot with a proper WrestleMania requirement, I guess. You know, you can have Charlotte lose her spot at WrestleMania. Let her get too cocky. Let her, you know, put it on the line, and then somebody else wins, and they get a little swerve in there, a little challenge. Or you could just have her go against Ronda Rousey and stop acting like she's not coming around. But I think the plan that what they're trying to do is Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. And then Bailey, I think they're going to have Sasha, but I think it's going to be a multi-women's match. We're figuring it out there. Switching gears here. You know, nothing really going on in the AEW world, aside from what I guys told you. It's been going a little bit too slow for my liking. They crowned some new champions a couple weeks back for the tag team division. There's some rumors about more tag teams coming in, but right now they're kind of fighting for the leftovers from WWE because there's some releases that are coming in. So the big news is that once he is a free agent, Luke Harper, a.k.a. the new Brody Lee, because he went back to his Indies name, is going to be going to AEW. And I think that's a boon for them because their guys – as capable as wrestlers they are, they sometimes don't pass the litmus test. You ask, what is the litmus test? The litmus test is looking like a guy who might be able to beat you down. Yeah, you could throw a punch, but is that a guy yet you want to avoid on the street? 
their tallest guy or their biggest guy right now is Jack Swagger. Well, I think it's now Jake Hager, his real name, but he's also an MMA fighter, so he could probably knock all my teeth out. And then Wardlow, who's very green, doesn't wrestle at this moment. You look at, you know, now called Brody Lee, a.k.a. the former Luke Harper. He's got the crazy eyes. He's kind of crazy. I think he can kind of hurt me. I don't want to fight him. But right now they're waiting to poach out. They also want to get the revival and excellent tag team plan characters for an excellent tag team from WWE because let's talk politics here in wrestling. Vince McMahon doesn't want to do any kind of favor to his opponent. So he's tacking on any additional six to ten weeks to anybody who has been injured onto their contract. So not only do you get the 90-day on-compete, but you also have to finish out the additional time of your contract obligation for when you're injured. It's dirty politics. It also tells people that, hey, maybe he considers AEW to be a real threat, or maybe, maybe, he just doesn't want to give them an opportunity. But I want to do something a little bit different, you guys, because I won't talk about New Japan. I won't talk about Ring of Honor. I feel like we have our Learn Groove segments, and I do a little bit of Learn Groove on um, wrestling every now and then when I talk about terminology. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you guys a spotlight, okay. a spotlight in my little cage, because it's WrestleMania season. And I feel like this is, if we're talking Pokemon or we're talking baseball trading cards, I'm going to pick out a card and tell you why this is the best card that you need to buy into or why you don't understand the stats. And for me, I'm going to go with a relatively simple one. No, I'm not going Brock Lesnar, even though we all know he can kill you. I'm going to go with the men's Royal Rumble winner, Drew McIntyre. A little background about Drew McIntyre. He is this year's Royal Rumble winner. He has never challenged for any of the main titles. He was also the concept of the prodigal son returns. He was in wrestling uh, for the WWE about six, seven years ago. I think actually 11 years ago. He was dubbed to be you know, the next big thing basically from Vince McMahon, held a singles title called the Intercontinental Championship. You know, one of those prestigious titles that the great Ric Flair, I believe, made famous. Granted, it was really Ricky Dragon Steamboat, Bret Hart, Honky Tonk Man. We'll talk about titles on a different day. It doesn't kind of work out for him because such is wrestling, right? If you lose Vince's intention because Vince is the carny, Vince is the circus leader, the ringleader of the circus, Vince is just a, a baby boy who, you know, if he's not into it, he's going to start wailing or he's going to ignore you, right? He's basically my cat. Um, you know, Drew got love, and then the storylines kind of fell in between. He joined three-man band with Jim Mahal, who became a WWE champion in 2017, and then Heath Slater, who's had a couple of tag team champions, and then he was released. So what happens when you get released from the WWE? Well, hey, it's, it's you know, always keep my line open, but I'm going to go taste a little bit of the other flavors that Baskin Robbins has available. He went around, he went to TNA, he went to, he's, he's from Scotland, so I think he did a couple of wrestling promotions. He changed his look, he changed his muscle, um, he got more physical, he did DDP yoga, though I've done it once, it's okay. Um, came back to NXT, won the NXT championship, got injured, and then came back, and he hasn't really done much, but now he's doing something. He always kind of has a look. You look at him, you're like, all right, the Scottish Terminator, the Scottish Psychopath. Now he's calling himself the Sexy Scotsman, so you're adding a little flavor to him. Was he noticeable before? Besides being freaking huge, he's got a mean finisher. His finisher's the Claymore. So imagine the guy who's probably like 6'5", 275 pounds, running at you and doing a single high drop kick to your face. It's a good sell. It's a good finishing move. And here's the thing. When I think about what's going to make me knock out for three seconds, you need to give me a strong finisher. When I think about the guy who's going to knock out Brock Lesnar cold and you know basically pass the torch or you know put him over, I think about what's a good finisher. And I got to say the Claymore is out there. I'm happy for Drew. I kind of wish him the best of luck, but in my head, I know it's Vince McMahon's doing this, so you know he's going to F it up soon enough. But it's a little bit of different blood. 
I've kind of been waiting for a while. I want to see who his in-between rival is going to be between now and Mania, because you know there's always that one crap heel. I think it's going to be Bobby Lashley. His face turn isn't complete yet, but it's a coming, and I think there'll be plenty of time to get you there. My biggest concern with him is that Vince is going to lose interest. Why? Because he's Scottish, and he has what? An accent. And Vince McMahon, you know, he likes to basically think that the television people only care if you look right and sound right, but we'll see. But, you know, keep an eye on Drew. He's going to be the guy, presumably, to defeat Brock Lesnar and take that WWE Championship from him. But I've seen it change, too, because Roman was supposed to do a couple years of Mania, and then Brock beat the holy hell out of him after kicking out of, like, five spears. But uh, I think that's what I got for you today, you guys. Okie dokie. I learned a thing about a Scotishman. <laughs> a Scotsman. A Scotsman. Okay, thank you for correcting me. You're very welcome. Yeah. Okay, so I guess that's it for today's show. And uh, outside of a bit of a snafu with my connection for a bit, we've uh, uh, got through some choppy waters, and we're, we're here at the end, folks. So thanks for, for joining us, and uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I'm, take your ammonia matey. <laughs> and go to Costco for some hot dogs or glasses. And you can get probably wild turkey with your modium AD at Costco. <laughs> wild turkey and modium would be check. Uh, consult your doctor if uh, modium and wild turkey is right for you.